When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello there, and welcome to It's an S-Pod Thing, the podcast revisiting every episode of S-Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S-Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So my guest on the podcast today is Caitlin Powell. Hello. Hi. So first of all, I'd like to know, what is your history with S-Club 7? And have you ever seen this TV show before? Okay, so I am, I'm familiar with their like oeuvre, because you know, (laughs) <laughs> I was born in 96, so obviously I am. Um, not this TV show. And having having watched this, I am willing to bet that this podcast is just an elaborate prank and it never actually existed because it's, it's just bizarre. <laughs> um, but I do know the S Club 7 uh, feature-length presentation Seeing Double from 2003. Uh, did, did you watch that film as a kid? I've never actually seen it. I think because because you're a few years younger than me. I think by the time that came out, I was a little bit old. Like I was in high school oh. by that point, so I wasn't necessarily going to the cinema to see the S Club Seven movie. Right. I've caught bits of it on like ITV Two yeah. over the years, but when I get to it in this podcast, this will be my first time actually watching the whole film in one go. Oh. So I've got that to look forward to. You gotta watch it. <laughs> It is a work of staggering genius. And I know that because, do you know the basic premise about? Something to do with clothes. Yeah. So it's nothing like the TV show. No. It's a whole kind of sci-fi storyline. Yes. And I remember there is, a, well, I mean, we've, we've ruined it now, but you know, it's about clones. So I remember the belly button reveal with the pinpoint accuracy yeah. that could only come from like a significant childhood moment. It's like learning to ride a bike <laughs> Uh, my first ice cream and seeing the S Club gang without belly buttons. <laughs> that is it. And the rest of the film is just bananas. There's a bit where they've got clones of like Madonna, Michael Jackson, Elton John. You're like, okay, I see the pattern, I see the pattern. And they've got Gareth Gates just hanging out as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah I think I saw that in the cast list I was like oh that's very early 2000s and they at the time Gareth Gates probably felt like he was as famous as like Elton John like he's gonna be around forever he's a star yeah they were they really uh, put too much faith in the longevity of Gareth Gates Um, (laughs) oh bless him my other thing I don't know if this counts really but it's kind of I think of it like an S Club offshoot um, I was really into Primeval as a kid. Right, yeah, that is the unofficial sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, with dinosaurs. Um, I remember watching, I think I watched a few episodes of it when it started and then I kind of lost interest. I'm not sure why. I know, I think you've talked about it on your podcast, haven't you, Primeval? No, we haven't done it yet. I mean, I I might have. It's always very possible that I've gone on a rant about Primeval. And, you know, if you stopped watching it, it's perfectly valid. It's not good. Like, objectively, it's not good, but it is fucking great it's a wild time um and not joe hannah's in it being fine mm-hmm. fine at acting yeah not great though <laughs> yeah maybe that is like a continuation of her character in this <laughs> yeah yeah so we're recording this in summer but we're talking about a christmas special because yeah. it's the next one this episode it doesn't really have a title it's just called christmas special yeah and it aired on cbbc on the 24th of December in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. During the opening titles, we get a little bit of Never Had a Dream Come True, which had just come out as a single like a few weeks before this aired. Oh, really? And to be honest, I was expecting them to actually perform it in the episode because it feels like Mm. it's a Christmassy sort of song, isn't it? It came out around Christmas time. So I was like, oh, it's the Christmas special. They'll be performing Never Have a Dream Come (laughs) True at some point. And they just don't. (laughs) It shows up in little bits during the episode. No one planned this show. Yeah, maybe they filmed it before that song had even been written. They probably filmed it in... like may or something yeah and i would say as well like the opening credits you've got never had a dream come true and then you've got clips of like santa's surfing (laughs) elves roller skating a merry-go-round and i was like this will be explained the merry-go-round not really (laughs) not really at all It, it feels quite sort of downbeat for the opening titles yeah. as well, because usually it's quite a sort of, like, they put reach or something yeah. like that in the opening titles to kind of get everyone going. And here it's just like a, a slow ballad yeah. <laughs> while they're on a carousel. I was like, oh no, what's this? It, it had a weird art house vibe with them on the little carousel. Yeah, and some weird sort of bleak shots of LA with like <laughs> yes. cars with tinsel on them. Yeah, yeah. Nothing more depressing than a hot Christmas. Yeah. Very upsetting. We start with this random guy who we've never met before. He's visiting a fortune teller who has a sort of Moira Rose vibe, (laughs) I thought. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the guy is, I think it's fair to say, he's, he's quite camp. But the episode keeps trying to convince us that he's straight. Yeah. There's a bit later where he's like perving on some women. Yeah, and I'm like... This man is queer, but go off, you know. (laughs) Sure, yeah. He's asking the fortune teller about romance in his future, and she sees an image of S Club 7 in her crystal ball. Yeah. And I I like how he says, oh, is it a woman? And she goes, no. (laughs) She just like yells at him. (laughs) And she's like, no, it's four women and three men. And he's like, men? As if that hasn't occurred to him before. Yeah, that, that's that's every Thursday night, babe. <laughs> yeah, and she obviously explains that they're a band, and he reveals at this point that he is a music promoter. Yes. Um, and she tells him that S Club Seven are going to be huge, and he sort of does a little scream. The brass balls on this show to say that their own stars are going to be big in America. <laughs> And this guy is clearly the key to it. He's gonna... This anxious gay man. (laughs) I mean, after this episode, I've watched some of the next series. He's not in it at all. (laughs) Oh my god! 
after all that because he's in this so much just running about after them yeah maybe they needed to fill a bit of time they needed a, they needed a b plot with like a random other character and then after this episode he is never seen again oh i will say this show is not afraid to pad to get into 42 minutes yeah the plot is about 15 minutes long <laughs> and the rest of it is just montage <laughs> Yeah, also, I usually talk about the cast in each episode, but I could not find a cast list for this episode anywhere online. So I don't know if this man has, like, done anything else since. I can't I can't tell people that, unfortunately, because there's no <laughs> cast list. They have wiped this from the internet. <laughs> I love that. They knew. They knew what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> so we then go to the band who are... They're still living in this massive house, which they moved into in the previous episode. Right. They kind of got it for cheap because it's built on an earthquake fault line, which was a big thing in the last episode. It doesn't come up here at all. There don't (laughs) seem to be any earthquakes going on. You can't have a Christmas earthquake. (laughs) That'd be very depressing. (laughs) Yeah, there's no continuity. They're they're all talking about how they can't wait to go home for Christmas. They're getting a flight back to the UK in a few days to see their families. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a bit where John starts kind of singing a Christmas carol and forgets the words and they all just like look at him like they've all forgotten the words as well. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. There's a lot of shit banter. And they're also like, we're going to write a new Christmas carol. Oh, wait, I guess they kind of do that at yeah, the end. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the episode because they were like... Yeah, I mean, they don't really do it, but oh, I don't know. Yeah, because Tina suggests they should write their own Christmas song. And because I've gotten, to be honest, I've got no real memory of this particular episode. Mm -hmm. At this point, I was like, oh, is that going to be what the episode's about? Is it going to be about them writing their own new Christmas song? Mm -hmm. Nope. (laughs) It's about a car accident. Yeah. And it's incredibly bleak. Like, yeah, well, we will get to the car accident soon, but it's what the episode really revolves around. Very Christmassy. Yeah. The band go to work. In this episode, they've all got Christmas jobs in a mall. Yeah. So Bradley is Santa. Paul and Tina are the front and back end of a reindeer. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them are elves. And there's a random other guy with them as well who's called Steve. It's basically... S Club 7 and Steve yeah, hot guy working Steve. in this Christmas area. Yeah. Also, like, what what is the conceit of this show? I mean, I've listened to some of the episodes, but are they, like, <laughs> are in this show, are they S Club 7? Or are they just a less famous version of S Club 7? Yeah, a less famous version of S Club 7 okay. who went to the US because they weren't having any success in the UK and they thought they'd sort of chance it. And they haven't done very well in in the US either. <laughs> that is bizarre because I could not think of a more like British band than S Club Seven. Like, well, in terms of early two thousands, actually, like maybe Oasis beats them to it or something. But like, I can't imagine S Club Seven working in America at all. Yeah, because this was shown on TV in America, and I I don't know what they thought of it, because yeah, the show feels quite un-American, like throughout the whole thing, it's written by British people, throughout the whole thing S Club 7 are very kind of moody and sarcastic and not enthusiastic about anything Mm -hmm. and not really trying to sort of (laughs) become big stars even though that's what they claim to want it's all very bleak a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Also there is like a literal... Uh, producer or promoter running after them 
And they've got no one like to keep on track of that. None of them are doing admin. They're all just sitting in Santa costumes trying to make it work. And at the, yeah, I mean, that's probably why they haven't had any success yeah. because they're like off the grid. <laughs> yeah, There's exactly. no way to contact them. And I mean, we'll get to it later, but at the very end, they work a whole day, don't get pay, and that isn't really a concern for them. So they're clearly not working because they need the money. I'm so confused about this whole situation. Yeah, it's bizarre. In this episode, they it's sort of a running thing in the show. Whenever they get a job, they are just so unenthusiastic. They put in as little effort as possible. Uh, great example for the kids watching yeah, on CBBC. Yeah, um, I mean, we see Paul and Tina getting into the reindeer costume in front of a group of children. So there's yeah. just no facade at yeah. all here. Those kids are now traumatized. Yeah, Bradley's just bitching about being Santa. He's not really getting into the Christmas spirit yeah. at all. Yeah, he says, I bet the real Santa doesn't have pooey clothes like this. And it, it's literally just a generic Santa outfit. Yeah. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah. Also, you know they wanted to write shitty. No one says pooey. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, pooey. we can't They do usually that. say parp in this show. So parp. I'm surprised they didn't say parpy or something. What's yeah, that's parp? like their shit substitute. Oh. Like a fart, I guess. Oh, right. Got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think maybe they're phasing it out. I don't think they say it at all in this episode. Maybe that was something they put in in the early years. Stop trying to make parp happen, S Club. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't catch on, so they were like, oh, we'll just phase this out. We'll we'll graduate to the word poo and see if we can get away with that. The adult word. (laughs) So Hannah's got a bit of a cringe flirtation going on with Steve, the other elf. Yeah. And he asks her if she wants to go into the grotto with him and, I, I quote, help him load Santa's sack. Yeah, I will say, for all that we just talked about the word parp and pooey, they... (laughs) <laughs> this is loaded with innuendo, <laughs> this whole bit. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. She's won over. Yeah, and it's very, I don't know, it's a little bit cringe. <laughs> they're they're in their little grotto. <laughs> yeah, the boss comes over and he catches them and we don't really see what they're up to in there, but he just kind of goes, elves aren't supposed to do that. Yeah. So <laughs> you can use your imagination what Hannah and Steve <laughs> were doing there, whatever elves are not supposed to do, apparently. Yeah. Be out of the Christmas spirit. That's what they're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, the boss just kind of hates them, doesn't he? Yeah, but he does turn to Tina and say, uh, Tina, you're doing great. Keep it up. And she's the back of the reindeer. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> he has some great lines, actually. Yeah, she does a little sort of dance move, doesn't she? Yeah. Like, she's doing a great job as these legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a fun character. I think I'd like, to, I'd like to be that nasty manager. He was a fun time. Yeah, he calls them lazy green slugs at one point, <laughs> which I quite like. To roll dull of it all. <laughs> I think if I was in this situation, I would be the manager. I would not have any time for S Club 7 just messing around in the workplace. Yeah, you applied for this job, and it's a pretty easy job as jobs go. Actually, I say that, but I think being a Christmas elf around Christmas time is pretty awful. But if you're the Santa, you just sit down all day. What a dream. Yeah, especially difficult because there's um well there's a spoiled little girl, isn't there, kind of screaming yeah. at her mum about how she wants a really expensive a real toy. Violet Beauregard. Yeah, and Joe butts in and is like, <laughs> Oi kid, stop being a spoiled brat. I loved Joe in this. I mean I love Joe. She was <laughs> I think Joe's my favourite of all of the S Club gang. And then it was like Bradley and then it was Hannah. 
I think. And the others, I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie to you, I can't remember. <laughs> when it yeah. came up with Paul, I was like, Paul, did they get a dad to come along? What's going on? Um, <laughs> and I honestly, Tina, what's happened to Tina? Can you tell me? What's she up to? She's doing some solo stuff. Oh, good for her. Lovely. She looks amazing, though. Like, they did a reunion a few years ago, and Tina looks, like, better than she did at the time somehow. I don't know how she's done it. Okay, good for Tina. um, I spoke too soon. No shade intended to Tina. Yeah, this kid is great. (laughs) This dickhead kid. Yeah, I like this line where... She says, because um, obviously she gets yelled at by Joe, and the little girl is like, Mummy, call my lawyer. I'm, I'm suing, suing that, that elf. elf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was so good, yeah. Um, oh, to be that little girl. Oh, that must have been a fun time. Um, and Joe just gets to be an arsehole to people this whole episode. What a dream acting role. Yeah, that's kind of her vibe. She's having a solo career, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's got some new stuff coming out at the moment, mm-hmm. so that should be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's come up in this show before. Joe is often the one who kind of calls out people when they're being a bit sort of spoiled. Like she doesn't sort of she doesn't take any rubbish from people. She's yeah. just like, Oi, stop it. Yeah, yeah. I see that. I like it. Oh, oh, honey, maybe Santa Claus is thing. But I want it and if you don't I won't love you anymore. And I'll grow up in a dysfunctional way and get in trouble and one get thrown out and end up like a crime. All because there were two me to buy me one loud $500 toy. Oi, kid, stop being such a spoiled brat. You should be grateful for what you've got. There are people in this world who haven't got anything. So stop being so selfish. Mommy, call my lawyer. I'm suing that elf. Yeah, then after work, the band are all walking along the beach, generally having a moan. Yeah. Tina is all hunched over because she's been the back end of a reindeer all day. <laughs> when I first watched that scene, I was like, why is Tina walking yeah, like I didn't that? that. Like, oh, yeah, it's because she was the back end of I a reindeer. See, yeah. Honestly, for the faults of this, the acting, I, I mean, really, it was bold of them to be like, we could do an entire series of TV with our acting talents. But <laughs> I will say, they are giving it a good go. They commit. Yeah, by this point, they have improved a lot. I mean, you should have seen them at the beginning. <laughs> We're like 20, 20-something episodes in now, so they have progressed. Oh, wow. I mean, when I mean, I was being quite nice there. They're not good <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> being generous. Yeah, yeah, incredibly generous. Especially at the start. I think they get better as it goes on, but mm, yeah. Anyway, sorry, yes, they're on the beach. They're all sort of having a moan on the beach mm-hmm. and we get a complete 180 where they're suddenly like, let's enjoy our last day on the beach. And we get a montage of them just sort of messing around on the beach. It's pretty unremarkable. As you said before, they're padding a little bit. A the little song bit. that's playing throughout it is Boy Like You. And yeah, often when there's a montage, I do write down what's going on in it, but I've literally written nothing I, here because they're just like playing volleyball. Yeah, I watched the first 30 seconds and I was like, mm, okay, I, I, I feel like I get what's going on. So I get skipped the idea. like 20 seconds. I was like, oh, they're, they're still doing the same thing. I skipped 20 seconds. I skipped, it was about 10 <laughs> minutes long, this montage. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a whole song. Just, yeah. we'll get this new song in here yeah. to get the kids liking it and they can just do whatever while it's playing. Oh, I will say, I made a note of the song because it has the weirdest lyrics. It's, I, I watch you play around, but that don't bother me. I'm not in a rush because I can see that a boy like you needs a crazy girl like me. And the <laughs> level of confidence in those lyrics to be like, 
he'll come running. I mean, he hasn't yet, but he will. <laughs> it's bold. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it is sung by Rachel Stevens, this one, so maybe oh, the confidence is justified. I always forget Rachel, even though she's arguably had the biggest career, no? Like, I always forget Rachel. How dare you? I think of her as a solo act, actually, and from Strictly Come Dancing. Fair enough. Was she Strictly Come Dancing? Hope so. Yes, yeah. I think she, it was like the very one of the very first series. I think oh. she was on. Those are the days. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of Rachel in that. <laughs> Sparkly dresses, loved it. We we see the music promoter again at this point. He he's also on the beach. I don't know if it's the same one, but he's talking to his assistant Cynthia mm-hmm. on the phone. Poor Cynthia, uh, telling her that he wants <laughs> to find this band. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, how difficult can it be to find seven British kids in LA, Cynthia? <laughs> also, like they so they show shots of them playing volleyball, and then they show a shot of him, and there's some people playing volleyball behind him, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be a fun, almost like a meet cute <laughs> where they bump into it. No, he's just sitting there. <laughs> oh, I wonder if it, that is supposed to be them. I didn't Maybe. think about that. I, Maybe I that's know. like a. A bit of a joke, like, oh, he's looking for them, but they're literally just behind him. Maybe. It's quite sad that we're having to, like, reach that far for the joke, but yeah, maybe. (laughs) It's too subtle. It's too subtle. That's the problem with this show. It's subtlety. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia Coppola directed. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the bit where he he suddenly whips out a telescope and starts curving at some women who are like doing star jumps across the beach. And he's still on the phone to his sister and he tells her that she's missing out. Oh, yeah. It's very odd. And maybe she'd be interested in the star jumps. I don't know. (laughs) Because this man is queer. (laughs) Cynthia, get over here. Yeah, you love star jumps. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no matter what they try and tell us, this man is not interested in the swim team. I like to think he's looking at the lifeguards behind the swim team. Yeah, I I swear he gets camper as the episode goes on as well, because there's a bit later on where he refers to himself as moi. Like it just... (laughs) That's brilliant. It's like, was it a performance choice? Was it like written that i don't know it's because it's clearly not a joke is it? it's like he is just performing it like that but he's got these lines that are like oh look at the women over yeah. there wow for well is that a thing of like the early 2000s like that they'd have characters that are definitely queer but they'd be like oh but they're definitely with their heterosexual partner i don't know i feel like that's a bit yeah. of a thing. <laughs> I want to know who this actor is. I wish I could look him up. If anyone is listening and they you are the can man. find a cast list, <laughs> let me know. Imagine if you got if you wrote in. That'd be amazing. <laughs> like that was me. Thank you. That was my finest he, work. He's chewing the scenery. I'm a big fan. He's he's brilliant. Yeah. Compared to everyone else, he's bringing it. Yeah, definitely. It's good when they get someone in in a kind of guest role and they are actually like a good actor because yeah. sometimes they aren't and you think, why is this person here? But he is actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, all time. It's fun. Then it's, it's the next day, the band go to work again at the mall. They're late. Again, Paul and Tina are putting their costumes on in front of the children. Yeah. Uh, the boss is like, it's your last day can we please try to have an event-free day where you all just do your jobs? And John looks him right in the (laughs) eye and goes, I think that's really unlikely. (laughs) At least he's honest. (laughs) But also, I'm very much team boss in this scenario. Like, just do your jobs, babes. It's one day. It's one day. Just do it. And you get paid. He's the most relatable character. Yes. A man just trying to run a grotto for some children. (laughs) 
And these British kids have turned up, demanded a job, and are fucking it up. It's like when people watch Rent, the musical, when they're older and they identify with the uh, landlord character because he's the only sensible one. I've never seen Rent as awful. Well, yeah, watch it. See if you identify with the hippies or with the guy who they think is a sellout and therefore he's evil. You know what? This will say a lot about me. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Rent, but I have watched... I'm pretty sure a two-hour analysis of Rent, the film. So there yeah. we go. <laughs> Lindsay Ellis. Yes, Lindsay Ellis. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, you, you might as well have seen okay, Rent then. Okay. <laughs> it's probably longer than the actual film. Yes. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. So, yeah, it's the last day of work. Um, we also we get a brief scene at the music promoter's office. Oh. Uh, Cynthia hobbles in. <laughs> she's like on crutches yes. and she's got a neck brace yeah. on. And I wrote here, is she a recurring character? Because we're given so much about Cynthia and I don't think she ever appears again. But from what you've said, no, I, you've never seen her before. She never appears again. Is that right? No, this is this is her one chance to milk this scene and she does pretty yeah. well here with this insane story about why she's got all these injuries. Yeah. Do you reckon she was like the daughter of like the director? And she was like, Daddy, I want a big scene And he was like, Right, <laughs> you're not very good at acting, but we'll give you something. Yeah, she sort of she presents him with a poster of S Club Seven yeah. and she says she's got all these injuries because she climbed up a ladder to get the poster fell off the ladder and then got run over and also got bitten by a dog the tragedy and the promoter's like excellent news (laughs) yes he doesn't care he's a self-centered guy (laughs) yeah and the point is that the poster says that they are playing a gig somewhere tonight yes which means he's got a chance to go over there and see them. Because again, they are off the grid. They don't have (laughs) any sort of agent or management at this point. So in order to catch them, you have to like, just, yeah, you just have to go somewhere and hope that they (laughs) will turn up. Yeah, but it seems like even if he was doing, if he's been searching for them for like a month, which we know he hasn't, but say he'd lucked out and met this palm reader or whatever early on, even if he was every night going to every gig in the city, he would have never seen them because they're not making any effort to be found. (laughs) 
they're just moping in their big house, which is the dream. But Yeah, they spend a lot of time just complaining about they haven't got any success yeah. and they're not really doing anything. I think at one point, even when um, someone, obviously one, one of them, I think it's Joe, has booked this gig and when she brings it up, all the others are like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> like, she's done something really, like, lame, like, making them do a gig. Yeah. God, the audacity of it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, we go back to the mall then because uh, the, the little girl from <laughs> earlier is back. She had a nightmare about a poor family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> her mum is complaining to the manager. Yeah. Her daughter is traumatised because she's been made aware of poor people. Mm. And Joe just completely doubles down on yeah. it and calls her a spoiled brat again. She's, she's not like, wrong and she should say it. <laughs> Yeah, the mum is like, you've traumatised my daughter. And Joe's like, good. Yeah, I think you're a brat. It's great. <laughs> she also said, uh, the little girl is like, did you hear what she said? And Joe's like, I can say it louder. It's so good. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I like Joe in this episode. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit, the girl is doing quite well as well. There's a bit where her mum is being all like, oh, sweetie, don't cry. And the girl is like smirking, yeah. clearly. She's not, she's not upset at all. She just wants to get Joe in trouble for being mean to her. Yeah, fully. It's great. And Joe gets them fired. Iconic behaviour. Um, <laughs> she gets them fired. And no one gives a fuck. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, because the boss is just going to fire her and she's like, well, you'll have oh, to yeah. fire us all. And he's like, fine, <laughs> will do. Yeah. And then he doesn't just like go, hey, your mate has been really unacceptably rude and let's be real, you come as a pack. He comes up with reasons. And my favourite bit is when he turns to Rachel and goes, you're <laughs> fired because you look stupid. And they zoom in on Rachel. They didn't give her a line. They just zoom in on her with her mouth agape in absolute silence. <laughs> it was like a horror Yeah, film. he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. No, he's absolutely correct. Hannah and Steve are in the grotto again. <laughs> So they're fired for that reason. God. And yeah, he seems to like Tina because he tells Tina that she can stay, uh -huh. but she's like put some mannequin legs in mm -hmm. the back of the costume and she's like off somewhere else chilling with like an iced coffee. Yeah. I mean, she's innovative. Honestly, raise her pay. <laughs> You've got the money to now. Yeah. You've heard the others. Yeah, I don't know how he was planning on keeping her anyway. Like, just, you go to a Christmas display and there's just the back end <laughs> of a reindeer and nobody else is there. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, well, it's a shame we didn't get our last day of pay. I'm like, why aren't you annoyed? <laughs> like, he literally didn't pay you for a day of work and you're like, okay, sarah, sarah. Like, it just doesn't matter to them. How loaded are these kids? They might as well have just not gone into work at all if they weren't that bothered because they hated it. Exactly. I was annoyed on behalf of them. I was like, you didn't get paid. I'm going to write and complain. Because <laughs> we don't know how much of the day they were in for as well. They probably didn't go in and then immediately get fired. Yeah, exactly. I imagine it's like midday, like half day of work. Come on. Yeah, they should they should have followed up on that. They're, but they're just like, oh well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a brief scene where they go to the beach and they spot Steve yeah, in the distance. This was weird. So Hannah runs over to him. Obviously, neither of them are dressed as elves now, yeah. and because of that, they don't fancy each other anymore. <laughs> what is this about? It's so awkward. I was like, is this a joke? Like for the parents? This is like a not a fetish joke, but you know, in that realm. 
but they never really followed through on it in any conceivable way. I, it was weird. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, they, they sort of approach each other and are just like, oh. oh. <laughs> Openly just like, oh, I don't like what I see Which here. is bizarre. Even though they... They're both objectively really hot. Like, what is going on? Yeah, it isn't like Steve suddenly looks awful now that he's out of his costume. Yeah. He just looks like a generic sort of handsome man. Exactly. But it's not doing it for Hannah. No. She needs the pointy shoes. Hannah knows what she likes now. <laughs> She knows what she wants and she wants to get it. And it's a man in an elf costume. <laughs> and that's the end of that romance. Steve <laughs> has just gone now. Yeah. <laughs> About ten minutes Very in. Very weird. Very weird. Then back at the house, we we get this quite convoluted plan about what they've got going on in the evening, um, which I had to watch a few times (laughs) to fully get my head around, so I don't know how the kids coped. Um, So the plan is, Paul, Hannah and Bradley are going to drive somewhere to pick up everyone's flight tickets. Paul says they're going to be back in a couple of hours. Yeah. This felt very early 2000s when everything was very inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Is that a thing people did? Did you have to like go somewhere in advance, or why can't you just pick them up on the day when you go to the airport? I don't. I don't. I was like four, so I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't paying attention. I won't lie. So the three of them are going to drive somewhere, get these tickets. They're then going to come back to the house pick up the rest of the band and drive to this gig that they're doing tonight. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's basically, they just needed some sort of reason why some of them were driving somewhere, but not all of them. <laughs> but it's quite convoluted. Yeah, why does it need three of them as well? Very, why is Bradley there, honestly? I love Bradley. He's but... just in the back yeah. like a little child. Exactly, with mum and dad. <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird. And they complain about how they're going home before they could get signed yet again. I'm like, we didn't put any fucking effort in, did you? So, <laughs> Yeah, the four of them who haven't gone on this little trip are just kind of waiting around in the house, talking about, oh, God, oh this yeah, bit. it's a shame we're not famous yet. And we get a sort of nightmarish fantasy yeah. sequence. At one point, <laughs> I swear they show a clip of like Mao's China there's a weird bit where like identical people are bowing and I was like what is happening (laughs) yeah at first they're all like oh I wonder what our gigs are going to be like when we're famous and then we see groups of people sort of you know cheering and chanting and then John is picturing yeah a load of people like sort of praying or bowing or something it's so weird (laughs) in like identical rows extreme fascist vibes I was like why is Someone needs to keep a tab on John because he has a weird fantasy. <laughs> and then we get this sort of horrific dreamscape yeah. where they're picturing what they might be like if the success goes to their head. Yeah. And it's all set in a sort of white room with like a pulsing red light <laughs> and there's smoke everywhere. Yeah. And there are people around them serving them oh. and they've sort of got chef's hats on but pulled all the way over their faces it's so nightmarish to look <laughs> yes. at it's bizarre and they're making bizarre demands i can't even remember any of them they were so i think i think this sequence i just let it happen to me like i just was sitting there <laughs> agog at what was going on the more I watch it, the stranger it is. Yeah. There's a bit where Joe is getting a manicure from someone who's dressed as Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, that... Which I didn't <laughs> notice the first time. Yeah. References. We've got Mouse China, Charlie Chaplin, 
What's going on? It's like a piece of art where the more you look at it, the more disturbed you are. You're just seeing all the layers. Darley himself found quaking at this this (laughs) nightmare scape. Yeah, Queen Rachel Stevens is demanding a hundred chocolate-covered cherries with the goo sucked out. Does that mean the fruit itself? (laughs) Is that what she means? Yeah, because I was thinking, surely if you want something sucked out of a cherry, it'll be the stone. But she wants the goo sucked out, which is the good bit. Yeah, completely unreasonable. But I guess she's proved her point with this fantasy. Yeah, you heard it here first. Rachel Stevens just eats cherry stones covered in chocolate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she doesn't, doesn't want the go. <laughs> and Tina wants 50 bottles of mineral water to wash her hair with. Yeah. And John is like, oh, the whole, the whole hotel has to be rebuilt because my room isn't set out in the right oh, way. Oh, yeah, he's like, I want my toilet facing east and my window facing west. Which yeah. doesn't, doesn't that mean that you're either you're pooing into a window, looking out of yeah. the window when you're on the toilet? <laughs> That's very weird. <laughs> That's his subtle way of requesting that he wants a window directly yeah. in front of the I toilet. Think John should be on a list. I won't lie; like, he's got some weird things going <laughs> on in his head. Yeah, and he's sort of continuously using towels and throwing them at one of these creepy chef hat people. Yeah. It's, I'll put a clip of this on Twitter when I release the episode because oh I think people need, need to a see content this. Warning. <laughs> I'm going to be haunted. (laughs) Yeah. We go back to reality and get a weird exchange where Tina goes, oh, that will never happen. (laughs) Meaning, you know, oh, the success will never go to our heads like that. And Rachel says, oh, well, we'll never know now, will we? Like as if they're going back to the UK forever, but they're not. They're just going back for two weeks for Christmas. So this, this was very confusing. Very confusing. There's also a weird bit where they bang on about how late um paul bradley and hannah are they're like oh god they're so late and i'm like you've been fantasizing for like five minutes where did the time go what's going on (laughs) so where are they going to get these damn tickets like it's bizarre where is the airport who knows is it a few hours away or is it 20 minutes away as joe says later yeah that they're complaining about how the others haven't come back yet Mm -hmm. so they're probably going to be late for the gig We then see Paul, Hannah and Bradley in the car. Um, They're driving along, perfectly happy. Then suddenly the brakes stop working. So Paul crashes the car. Yeah, but first there's this whole bit like where he's like, oh, but I can't can't steer properly or oh, oh, I I can't speed up. I'm like, pull over my guy. Like, this is not good (laughs) road safety. You're just driving with a broken car. But yeah, then it won't work and he crashes. Bradley is acting for his fucking life and Paul is giving me nooch absolute nothing (laughs) yeah and it's quite dramatic isn't it it isn't a comedy sort of like oh no we crashed the car lol it's like Paul's slamming on the brakes (laughs) Bradley's shouting don't really see what Hannah's up to but presumably she's freaking out and then we get a shot of like another car that's presumably coming towards them the camera goes all crazy. And then it just cuts to a shot of the city with Never Had a Dream Come True <laughs> playing. Like, it's so jarring. <laughs> just like, oh my God, we're all going to die. And then it's like... Like it's their funeral Yeah, it's now a few months later, it's the funeral. God, imagine! Well, that's the vibe, it's very that. Because considering it's a children's show, they leave it quite a while before they've revealed that everyone's okay. Yeah, and they also do a lot of, like, pull back and reveal. Uh, We'll get to it, but 
Bradley could be dead the way they kind of, <laughs> or like brutally injured the way they frame it. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, in in the next scene, after the car crash has happened, Rachel, Tina, Joe and John, who were originally at the house, uh-huh. they're now in a taxi. Yes. Um, presumably they've just decided to go to the gig by themselves because they don't know where the yeah. others are. Without Bradley, you're a fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's quite an ominous scene. Yeah. They're talking about like, oh, there's all this traffic outside yeah. and then we can hear police sirens. It's well, so dark. Yeah. I, I genuinely can't believe I am describing this <laughs> on this podcast because I can't express how like not in keeping with the rest of the show this is. It is very it's so dark. <laughs> A Christmas special as well. Yeah. I will say it's undercut by bloody Tina. Tina, who is not blessed with the brains in this film, film, TV show, <laughs> being like, oh, that's, that's, that's the same type of car we've got. And I'm like, yes, Tina, <laughs> use your brain. Come on. <laughs> your friends haven't turned up after hours. <laughs> and then we get... Yeah, they spot this this accident. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Tina is like, oh, it's the same type of car we've got. And then obviously the penny drops and they all sort of leg it over there and to the scene. Did you notice as they're running over, into, it's not slow-mo, but it's edited really weird. I think gunshots fire. There's this sound effect that is very <laughs> jarring. It's so weird. <laughs> maybe it's like they're in a dodgy part of LA yeah, or maybe. something. Because it looks... This could be from another show. There's like crime scene yeah. tape everywhere. I love how they go up to this police officer and yeah. ask if anyone was hurt, and she's like, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Just work it out. I don't know. <laughs> I hope they made it to the cafe on time. So what do we do if they don't? Well, then I'll personally bury them up to their necks in fresh horse manure and then throw handfuls of live worms on them. It's a bit harsh, isn't it, Joe? Well, they'll deserve it. No, on the worms, I mean. Yeah. Oh, look at all this traffic. Oh, they don't get held up in it. I wonder what's happened. It looks like some kind of accident. That's a pretty bad one as well. Ah, that's the same type of car as we've got. Wait a minute, that is our car. Stop! 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 What happened? The car went off the road. Oh my God! Sorry, sorry. Can't go over there. Was anybody hurt? I'm not sure. They were taken to the hospital. They go to the hospital, there's a comedy bit where they're trying to talk, but they're all talking at the same time. Ah, classic comedy. So the nice reception lady can't understand what they're saying. They call the blonde one. Who is the blonde guy in this? John. Yeah, Yeah. she points at John and goes, you, sensible one. Very weird. As we've discussed... (laughs) John's at least John's fantasies are not sensible yeah and how has she figured out that he's sensible from the five seconds she's seen him yeah they're all yelling it's very weird then Tina refuses to go in like the the receptionist lady clearly points them in the right direction and there's this weird conversation where they're like oh well if if they (laughs) say they're not doing what's the phrase they use yeah they because they get told um no one was seriously hurt yeah and tina is all kind of like oh well they always say that don't they (laughs) they will be irrevocably damaged that's what's going on here and she's but on top of that these are her friends and she's like i'm not going in i don't want to see them all fucked up it's very weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah rachel says 
<laughs> this is so stupid. Rachel says, it's like when a doctor says someone's comfortable, it usually means they've got two broken arms and two broken legs. I'm like, Rachel, what hospitals are you going to? Because you need to report your doctor. <laughs> that is not professional at all. Yeah, they go into this one room, which is very spacious. Hannah's basically got her own private room and she's only got concussion. Is it spacious or is it like vault-like. It was so sinister. <laughs> the lighting is very eerie. They've sealed her away in there. <laughs> yeah, because of her terrible condition that she's in, with like a <laughs> cut on her head and a concussion. Yeah, she's got a little cute plaster yeah. on her head. She she sort of keeps repeating words, but it kind of <sighs> feels like it's it doesn't happen enough to be a proper running joke, mm -hmm. because every time it happens throughout the episode, I've forgotten that it was set up. Yeah, it it also is done badly. So I, I got really annoyed about this, I won't lie. So sorry if I'm a bit ranty about this. But she's like, the doctor said I might mix my word, my mix my words. No, mix my words up a bit. And Tina's like, whoa, what is she saying? I'm like, it is very <laughs> obvious what is going on, Tina. Please, please, Tina. Because there's a bit where she does it later as well. And I had forgotten that this was an, a thing. Yeah. And I thought the video had just skipped. But it, no, it's an actual like thing. But again, it's done in a really stupid way where she's just like, he's going to be on his own at the hospital, at the hospital. <laughs> and she says, um, uh, that, that'll mean he'll have to spend the whole Christmas Christmas on his own. I'm like, give Hannah better <laughs> lines, please. Like, you say this means he'll have to Christmas the whole own on his spend. It's not hard. <laughs> I did it off the top of my head. Like, it's not hard. Yeah, that would have been quite funny if she'd spoken like that throughout the whole rest of yeah. the episode. But they kind of, they don't go hard enough no, with it. It's very weird. I got very annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah, she, she tells the others that she hasn't seen Paul and Bradley yet. Yeah. But the doctor has said that they are comfortable. And Rachel is like, <gasps> comfortable? Oh no! Not comfortable. That's the worst thing they could be. They've broken all of their arms and legs. Yes. And then they go up to a poor unconscious man. And they're like, Bradley? It's like, no. Who told you that was Bradley? Yeah, they assume it's Bradley for some reason. Um... Yeah, they, he, he's wearing like a full body cast, mm -hmm. isn't he? But you can kind of see his eyes, mm -hmm. and they start talking to him, thinking that he's Bradley. Yeah. But obviously, it isn't. Bradley's behind them. Yes. Like, what are you talking to that guy for? Uh, yeah, and they're all like, "Uh, no reason." That went on way too long. That bit. Sorry, not to critique <laughs> the the way this show is written. <laughs> my, my apologies to the show, but oh my god, they spent about like a minute on this bit. And it just needed a, oh my God. And then Bradley behind them going, all right, lads, what's going on? But no, they really milked that bit. It was bizarre. Yeah, they tried to have a whole conversation with this random yeah. man before they revealed that Bradley's actually behind them. Yeah, yeah. That's the last thing he needs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, he's not even unconscious. He's like, I need these four British people to <laughs> shut up and go away. <laughs> Um, yeah, they they ask Bradley where Paul is, and there's an awkward silence, <laughs> like he's dead or yes. something. And I was thinking, there is going to be a point in the show where Paul leaves because he leaves the band in real life. I thought you were about to say there is a bit where Paul dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, imagine if they did it that way. If they were like, Paul's dead. <laughs> oh 
that's why he's left the band oh my god that would be incredible i mean obviously it'd be horrible but (laughs) they killed him off in a car accident have you seen the whole thing all of the show already when i was really young but i can't remember i can't remember the circumstances around paul leaving but i remember that it is like included in an episode (laughs) fingers crossed i guess for the weirdest show of all time (laughs) they just kill off paul sorry kids paul died in the car accident he's not in the band anymore i would argue that what they actually choose to do with paul in, in this episode is not as traumatic, but it's getting there. Yeah, as we said before, it's not very Christmassy, is it? We spend most of the episode like around a hospital yeah. where Paul is recovering from a serious injury. Uh-huh. Yeah, and gets straight up amnesia. Yeah, he can't remember who any of them are. Yeah. And the doctor sort of has a word with them all and tells them that this sort of thing is quite common yeah. and it's impossible to say how long it will last, yeah. so they just have to wait and see. And sometimes the trauma point might remind him who he is. And I was like, come on, psychoanalysis, yes! <laughs> Just making up some <laughs> shit about how this is going to be solved later on. It's a really weird bit where they, they're they talking... I mean, it's a longer scene than this. It's like a five-minute scene where they're slowly walking down a badly lit hospital corridor. And there's a bit where... Yeah, wheeling like, Paul along in a wheelchair. Yeah, and they're explaining who they are. And one of them says, he says, what's the band called? And they're like, oh, S Club 7. And he's like, oh, that's a really good name. I was like, is it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a bizarre comment to make. If you'd like just come out of a coma and got told the name S Club 7, I don't think you'd be like completely out of context. Oh, yeah, that's a great name for a band. (laughs) Yeah, I think you'd be like, oh, okay. Is it too late to check? Maybe that's why you're not so successful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would be good if he was more critical of the band uh, with that. like an outsider's perspective the drama and then it all comes out he's like actually bradley you're actually bradley's perfect no he, <laughs> he couldn't critique bradley actually john your fantasies are <laughs> creepy and out of order because <laughs> I, I actually really i quite laughed at bradley's line here where um they basically explain to Paul that he's a member of the band. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but I but I can't sing. And Bradley goes, yeah, we know that, but you're still in the band. <laughs> and like touches his shoulder, like in a really comforting way. Yeah. It's weirdly serious. Like they're making jokes, but in quite a serious way. Yeah, there's a, there's a short scene afterwards on the beach, because obviously Paul has to stay in the hospital. Yeah. And they're all saying that they feel responsible for what happened. But they kind of, after they've talked about it for a bit, they agreed that it was no one's fault even though joe literally says i wish i'd fixed the brakes on the car <laughs> so it does kind of sound like it was joe's fault if that was her responsibility that. oh that is so funny <laughs> i wish i'd fixed the brakes because they're the all car. saying different things yeah. and some of them are like you know stupid things like obviously oh obviously it wasn't your fault yeah, but yeah. joe's like oh i wish i fixed the brakes on the car and everyone's like no no one was <laughs> responsible for this <laughs> it's nobody's fault no we're all like, good christ joe that was your one job and now our friend has amnesia <laughs> oh that's so funny because yeah she says fixed as if it was like it was a known thing that the brakes were broken and she just purposely did not choose to fix them we almost went off that hill the other day (laughs) like that cliff like there's been an incident (laughs) 
Oh, God. His yeah. casual backstory in a line that <laughs> Joe didn't fix the brakes. <laughs> yes. Joe attempted murder. <laughs> the show is cancelled, much to the mm-hmm. chagrin of the music producer, promoter even, who spent yeah. all day chasing after these children. Actually, yeah, how old are you supposed to be? Like, early 20s? Uh, yeah, I think John's the youngest and he's like 18, 19, I think. Aww. And then the, the rest of them are like 20, early 20s. Aw, sweet babies. But yeah, they are off the grid. This yes. guy has missed them at this gig. And again, he's acting as if they're going back to the UK forever. Yeah. Because... I mean, there's a bit later on where he, like, runs to the airport to meet them and it's like, they're only going back for two weeks. Can't you wait until after Christmas? Exactly. Well, I guess he doesn't have... If he had an agent he could contact, he could work it all out with them, (laughs) but... Clearly nothing's out. Even if it was just, like, Joe putting on a voice. Yeah, that, like... that's something that doesn't make sense about this show either. In the previous series, they did have an agent mm-hmm. and then they left L.A., they immediately went back to LA because the car broke down. Mm-hmm. This is a common thing in the show. The car is terrible. <laughs> um, they went back to LA oh. and they didn't go back to that same agent. Like, I mean, oh. I think they thought he was useless, okay. but like they could have, they, they haven't gone back to him and they haven't really made any moves to get a new <sighs> agent yet. So they are just uncontactable. I'm going to say it. Everything that happens is because of them. It's their own fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apart from... Actually, no, I was going to say apart from poor poor Paul in the hospital, but we know that's Joe's fault, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all on them. Now, I love Death Club, but this is some of the worst singing I've ever heard. <laughs> they do like a weird acapella <laughs> for Paul to try and get his... jog his memory, and it is not good. Yeah, they're being all like, remember this one? Ain't no party like an escort party. <laughs> <laughs> but acapella, so it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and Paul's just like, uh, no. Yeah. What's an S Club party? What does that involve? (laughs) God, yeah. And there's a bit where the episode becomes like a clip show, but purely with clips from the previous episode. So, like, Hannah is like, oh, remember that time Bradley joined another band and you held auditions to replace him? So we get a few clips of that, (laughs) which was in the last episode. And then John goes... What about that time we won the Battle of the Bands, which was also the last episode? So we get shown about five different clips and they're all from the episode before this one. It's really strange. I thought the audition bit was like a fun bit, you know, that they'd made up for this episode. Oh, that that would that would be funnier. I had to sit through that, <laughs> that whole story. God, it had the vibe of a bit, like not like a proper plot point. It was weird. Very weird. Um, who was Hel- Helmet? Skinny Wagner. Yeah. Like pirate shirt. Temporarily replaced Bradley and the band. Okay. Yeah, Paul, basically in this scene, Paul isn't the only one who has memory issues because none of them can remember anything further back than the previous <laughs> episode. They're all like, oh, remember when this happened? Remember when this happened? And it's like, guys, this was a few weeks ago. <laughs> like, this is a shared memory of many years. <laughs> Obviously, they're all quite worried because they're supposed to be flying back to the UK tonight. Um, This episode takes place, it's quite a short time frame. Everything happens very close together. Mm. But it's now Christmas Eve and they're supposed to be flying to the UK tonight. Obviously, the doctor says Paul isn't really up to doing that. 
And it's quite sad. They all leave him at the hospital and he's sort of waving to them and going, oh, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> I quite like this version of Paul. I prefer him yeah. to normal Paul. He's quite sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also love that they, so they're like, oh, I feel a bit bad. And then as a group, they just go, nah, it's fine. Like, Bradley's like, <laughs> if we leave him, he ain't going to mind. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. I was like, Bradley's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's harsh, but he's not wrong. Yeah, they're debating whether they should get the flight or not mm. when they've got home. And Bradley's just kind of up for it, really. He's like, yeah, if we do leave him, he won't know because he doesn't know who we are. Yeah. We'll come back in two weeks. What's the damn fuss? It's so weird. Yeah, and, and Joe, this is the point where Joe suddenly goes, well, we've got to make a decision. We have to be at the airport in 20 minutes. Yeah, she's not having any Why of it. Why have you left it this late? <laughs> yes. And where is the airport? Because they said that they drove somewhere to get the tickets the other day, presumably the airport, and it took several hours. Yeah, and if you do take uh, Paul, you've got to go pick him up first. No one is planning their days in this show. No one has a bullet journal. Not a bullet journal among them. <laughs> yeah, they've got 20 minutes before they need to be at the airport, and they're all like, so what are we doing then? <laughs> yeah. Should we pack? <laughs> like, they're not prepared at all. <laughs> Um, but they decide to spend Christmas in LA. Yeah, and the, meanwhile, the promoter has sort of rushed to the airport, oh, yes, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's talking to Cynthia on the phone, who tells him that the flight has already left. And he goes, guess who's going to London, honey? <laughs> Moi. He's, does he have a name? Is he ever given a name? I don't think so. I, again, I there weren't any credits at the end of this episode on YouTube, so I couldn't read anything. But I don't think he's ever given a name. Okay. I've just, just written music promoter. Yeah, music promoter man. God, he's so impulsive, isn't he? He decides to spend his entire <laughs> life devoted to this one band based on what a lady tells him. Um, based on palmistry, you know, most secure of the yeah. <laughs> divination arts. And now he's like, oh, I'm going to go to London. I bet, I bet Cynthia is relieved. <laughs> yeah. She's like, thank fuck for that. Please don't come back. <laughs> but yeah, they're not going forever. They're going for Christmas. Let, let them have their Christmas. It's cr Also, what, yeah, where's his family? It's Christmas yeah. Eve at the moment, we've been told. Why is he still chasing them? He needs to, like, settle down for a bit. Yeah. Also, like, they're going to their respective families. Is he just going to turn up in, like, I don't know, Joe's house in, I don't know, Sheffield? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine oh God. i'm not really sure i wonder what's his like what's his deal like what's he hoping <laughs> quite, what, does a, quite. What, does a music, what, what does a music promoter do like what's he aiming i would have thought he's like an agent so he'll take a cut for getting them gigs i would have thought, would have thought. yeah i mean who who are we okay. to to even try and understand <laughs> his motivations he's a very complex <laughs> man <laughs> And yeah, his whole thing is based on the fortune teller said they were good. Yeah. Like he's never actually seen them perform. <laughs> yeah, that's true, isn't it? And he's only seen them booked once. Like he's never, because he's, he's a music <laughs> promoter, so surely he's spending his time like going to gigs Yeah, he and must stuff. know the local scene yeah. and he hasn't heard of them at all. <laughs> oh God. Oh, this poor man. I feel so sorry for him. This poor impulsive man. And he seems to... He's in denial. He's probably has a wife at home who doesn't realise he's gay. Like, this is such a mess. Poor man. <laughs> so, yeah, we find out they, they didn't get on the plane. They've decided to stay in LA for Christmas because they don't want to leave Paul on his own in the hospital. Yeah. Very nice of yes. them. I think this episode is the most sincere 
one so far. Like, well, it better be given the content. But <laughs> it took a car crash. But the band are actually being quite affectionate with Paul in this episode. <laughs> what, what are they normally like? Oh, piss off, Paul! You just with with each other in general, they're very like, oh, yeah. shut up! <laughs> like, just constantly. The-, the banter at the beginning was weird. It was like, do you like each other? What's going on? Yeah, very like sarcastic and not wanting to sort of compliment each other and doing that early 2000s thing of being like, ooh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe has somehow got an immediate refund for all of the tickets in cash <laughs> yeah. uh, in an envelope. Yeah. Unreal. Have you tried getting money out of an airline? That is not realistic at all. <laughs> yeah, that's how flights work. You just don't turn up and you can just get all the money back straight away. <laughs> yeah. And she says they can use, yeah, use the money to buy a tree and presents and have the best Christmas ever, you know, make of it what they can. Tina says she's going to find somewhere to have a massive party. This... Which seems unnecessary. This absolute bloodbath of a plan. I'm like, can one of you make a fucking list? Because I'm going to have a panic attack if you don't, like, assign roles in a less vague way. She's like, all of you get food. I'm like... Is is the denouement of this whole thing going to be they all got a turkey? Because that's what's going to happen if no one says what they're going to buy. I was so upset by this. They're so disorganised. And why do they need to have a party? It's it's yeah. Christmas Eve at the moment. Yeah. Nobody wants to come to your last minute party, Tina. And none of you even have friends. Yeah, none of them have friends apart from each other. It's going to be them and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and also she's talking about oh i need to find a venue you live in the biggest house imaginable yes. why do you need to find a party venue yeah and then on top of this disastrous plan they go and waste time on a fucking merry-go-round they're just gonna go on a carousel <laughs> i was so upset <laughs> oh, yeah a little a christmas trip to the fairground yeah. um it's, it's a sort of montage isn't it of them buying christmas stuff yeah at, at one point, they're carrying a Christmas tree across the beach, mm-hmm. decorating the tree. There's a song playing called Perfect Christmas, which I think it was on like the same CD as Never Had a Dream Come True. I've just um, realised, was this their writing a carol? Is that what they were referencing earlier on? Oh, uh, who knows? Am I reading too <laughs> much? Am I giving them far too much credit? <laughs> Yeah, I would have preferred them to perform it. Again, I, yeah, I think they must have filmed this really early before any of these Christmas songs were actually written because yeah. that's the only reason why they've literally just inserted them afterwards, like in montages, yeah. rather than actually performing them in the episode. So it's now Christmas Day. Paul is sitting on a hill outside the hospital with another patient. And I mentioned they're sitting on a hill because it's going to become relevant in a second. I think as soon as I saw that hill, I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Man in a wheelchair at the top of a hill. All right. I've seen this films. This is literally the most I've laughed at this show because it was so mad. Like, well, first of all, they're having a bit of a conversation He's this, you know, quite elderly man in a wheelchair. He says, oh, Christmas always brings back memories. And Paul is like, oh, I wish it did. I wish I had memories. All right, Paul, don't make it all about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this poor guy's in hospital on Christmas Day and he probably has loved ones who he remembers. Yes. Paul then stands up 
and accidentally pushes this guy <laughs> who's in a wheelchair down the hill. And when he reaches the bottom of the hill, he like launches out of the wheelchair yeah. into a lake. I did enjoy the shot of the mannequin, the very obvious mannequin, just <laughs> slamming into the water. <laughs> That's what made me laugh the most. It's such a like a flick yeah. into the lake. Yes. Like he doesn't just sort of fall into it lightly it's like a full somersault into the lake and there's a shot as well where like the camera is on his lap and he's all like oh and it's fully like the the full front of his body his entire torso goes splat i will put a clip of this on twitter because i was i was actually crying (laughs) at this which has never happened before it was just the ridiculous (laughs) of it because it's such a serious episode as well as we were saying before and then this happens (laughs) and just mannequin just flipping into the lake so good. Oh god. And this sort of triggers something for Paul, doesn't it? Because the guy mentions his brakes yes. on his wheelchair and Paul is like, <gasps> brakes. Yeah, has a full like PTSD flashback to his car crash. Which is very like nightmare-y. Like it's all the past like few days. Yeah, memories are sort of coming back to him yeah. and he we we find out that he's gone AWOL from the hospital. Yeah. Cause Tina and Joe turn up and ask the doctor where he is, and the doctor's like, I don't know. <laughs> you should be keeping tabs on where this man is going. <laughs> this man with no memory has just wandered away. <laughs> and he steps in front of a car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like wandering the streets in his hospital gown and the doctor's just like, don't look at me, I don't know where he's gone. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but it's lucky for him because the car he steps out in front of is the music promoter's car. He's very lucky. And it's good that he has quick reactions because otherwise Paul would be dead. (laughs) Imagine if that, how they killed him off. (laughs) It's like he just escaped the car accident and now he's been run over by this music promoter. Yeah. And he doesn't really, he, he doesn't recognise him from, you know, the poster that he's got of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just kind of like, what are you doing in the road? Um, because all these memories are flooding back to Paul. He's just kind of shouting, I'm in a band, I'm in the S Club 7. And the promoter's like, oh, amazing, my dreams have come true. He's not like, this man is in a hospital gown, he's clearly experiencing psychosis. He is not part of S Club 7. Because <laughs> he doesn't return him into the no. hospital, does he? He's like, oh, I'll give you a lift wherever you want he's to like, go. get in my car, stranger. And poor Paul's like, yeah, all right, go on. <laughs> Paul, don't get into strangers' cars. Maybe that's the amnesia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You see? Oh, uh, <laughs> see what I mean? Forgot to put on the brakes. Brakes? Yeah, that's it. There was something about the brakes. Oh, can't wait to get back to see my little nan. I can't wait for Christmas dinner. Except for the Brussels sprout. Come on, hurry up. I was going to miss our last game. I'm trying. The car won't go any faster. Paul, I think now might be a good time to stop. I'm trying, I'm trying. Are you okay? I think so. What were you doing? What was I doing? I mean, you just stepped right out in front of my car. Uh, what was I doing? Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. That's it. I'm in a band. Yes, Club oh. 7. And oh my god, this whole bit where they try to tie everything together in about 30 seconds. 
I was like, you spent 15 minutes on montage alone. You couldn't spend a bit longer tying this all together. The moment when, because they're walking along the street, they've realized Paul's gone missing, I think. And they're just having a chat. And Hannah's just cured. Hannah says something and she's like, I'm cured. (laughs) I was crying. Yeah, within a few seconds, we get Hannah going, I'm cured. And then Paul comes back and they're all like, and he's like, I'm cured as well. It's so stupid. I was laughing so hard at this. It was great. And yeah, they all have a hug because yeah. uh, they're, you know, pleased. Paul is back. Joe's is like, bought a snow machine. There's a whole thing about <laughs> yes. that. They're all like, oh, why have you spent your money on that? And she's like, oh, well, it won't be Christmas without snow. Yeah. And then Tina's like, oh, you're, you're a fucking idiot. It, it doesn't snow in LA. And I was like, yes. Or is it Rachel? One of them. That's why she's Yeah, I was like, it. that's the entire point. <laughs> Christ alive. <laughs> Tina's not the brightest in this episode. (laughs) That is a highlight, though, when she's like, I'm not going in that hospital room to see my friends. They're going to be mangled. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. So I didn't remember Tina at all, but after this, she might be my favourite. This Just this episode. Yeah, I really like Tina in this series. She she has some unusual ways of delivering lines as well. It's like, it's very good. Okay, that sounds great. And we get a song to finish the episode, which is not Never Had a Dream Come True. Or a Christmas song, really, was it? Yeah, they perform, yeah, Two in a Million, which is one of their really sort of early songs. Mm. It's been in this show quite a few times. Oh, wow. They're recycling songs for their Christmas special. Goodness me. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that that Never Had a Dream Come True must have not existed when they filmed it, because I I don't know why they wouldn't have done it here. Like, they've just inserted it at a later date throughout the episode. I literally just need, like, one writer, producer, director, someone to take responsibility for this show. I just need someone to put some thought (laughs) into it. (laughs) I just think it through. Timetable. Yeah, we can blame Kim Fuller. He's got his name on this episode. Yeah. He is like across all of it pretty much. So I think he's to blame more than the other writers. <laughs> Fair enough. I will say in this bit, Joe's wearing a camp little leather vest and Rachel looks fab. I think the outfits were great. They got like... Yeah, they're all in sort of like red and black. Yeah. And they're performing against a sort of wintry backdrop yes. with Joe's snow machine. But they're glad they yeah. had it now. <laughs> And there's a small crowd in front of them that's like children and adults. I don't know where they've come from. And I was thinking when this happened, is this like, is this the party? Or is this just them performing a song? Because they keep talking about, oh, we're having the party. We've bought the snow machine for the party. And so when this started, I was like, is this the party? But they've just like invited a load of random children (laughs) and adults to come along and sung at them. Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is quite, <laughs> and the promoter's there, which is great. So I can only assume that they get signed and make it big in America. Although, historically, we know that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind this guy coming back again. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But if he was like a recurring character, I wouldn't be against yeah, it. Yeah, he was fun. He's probably my favourite character. And at the end of the song, the camera sort of moves back and reveals that they're performing against this backdrop, like in the middle of a beach. Yes. And that's the end of the Christmas special. So do you have any final thoughts or did you have any other notes that we haven't brought up already? Now I've just realised, since you pointed out it's on a beach, Tina didn't even do her one job of finding a venue. (laughs) Tina! Tina! Christ! (laughs) 
So yeah, that's all I've got to say. Tina, comma, Christ. That's my main feedback for this episode. She had one job, yeah. just like Joe had one job when she had to fix the brakes on the car <laughs> yes. and they all nearly died. Yeah. Oh God, well, I'm glad Paul's okay. Yeah, no, I've seen more Christmassy Christmas specials yeah. that don't involve serious car accidents. It was so unchristmassy for the amount they really tried to hammer home that it was a Christmas episode. It was so bizarre, like the amount of shots of like Christmas trees and elves and stuff. And it was just so unchristmassy. Very weird. And then we're just in a hospital. Yes. Yeah. With really bleak scenes in quite like weird sets with like odd sinister lighting and like drawn out pauses. Very weird. Yeah. The the show has um, changed directors at this point. I was going to (laughs) say... It's like when in Harry Potter they got um I can't remember his name but that other the for the third one they got that Alfonso Cuarón yes. yeah, yeah. And it suddenly got like bleaker but better I don't know that this was better but it got bleaker yeah bleaker and worse because <laughs> yes. the first two series were directed by a guy called Andrew Margotson and then the special that came before this one and this Christmas special. They're credited as someone called Jeff Jones, who I can't find online at all. I was talking to my last guest about this, about how maybe it was like a pseudonym or something. Like someone was embarrassed that they were directing it and they used a pseudonym because it it does feel like a different director. It's a lot bleaker and less kind of fun. Um, But I think from now on, I think the next series has a different director again. So hopefully it's going to step back up to the heights of the previous episodes. Yeah, do you think he just didn't get the memo? Like he was asked to direct a show and he just didn't read the rest of the email. He was like, sure, sure, I'll bring all my weirdest ideas. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a gritty Christmas special. Like it's, you know, East Enders, people are going to tune in for some tragedy. Exactly. And also a nightmarish dream sequence. Like he's fucking train spotting. (laughs) It's bizarre. Yeah, when, when people talk about Christmas specials, they don't really talk about this one. And I think this is why it's it's a strange experience. Yeah, it's very weird. But it was a fun time. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you, you watch a lot of children's TV for your podcast. Yeah. So how does this um, hold up in comparison to other things you've watched recently? It, it was perhaps the most sinister, had the most sinister vibes to it. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I, I, we've watched 101 Dalmatians recently, which is about killing puppies. Mm-hmm. And this was more sinister. <laughs> it just had no, like, didn't really have an air of joy to it. It was, it was a lot of fun. It, no, actually, it was a tempting joy, but it didn't quite get there. It was a bit too serious at the same time. Very odd. A very odd episode, especially for a Christmas special. So before we finish, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything like your podcast that you'd like to plug for people? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Caitlin PWLL. And you can find me, can I, can I plug my Instagram as well? Can I be an Instagram Yeah, gal? sure. Uh, you can, and you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin R. Powell. Um, and then you can also find us at Queers Gone By on basically everything. And uh, yeah, if, if you've enjoyed this, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, if you like <laughs> someone tearing apart nostalgic TV and film, have I got a treat for you? Uh, I co-host a podcast called Queers Gone By and um, 
we review nostalgic film and TV, and it, it's a great time. So come listen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of It's an S-Pod Thing. It was edited by Alex Blondek with music by William Kitchener. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one, please subscribe and leave us a good review. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Great.